Hey, lovelies. Before we get started, I want to let you know that this week is the week I'm going on pop-up tour. And pop-ups are your chance to try on the collection in person, shop with me, and get to hang out and just generally have a lovely time treating yourself to some fabulous modest fashion in sizes 2 through 28. So here we go. Here is the full schedule. On Tuesday, September 5th, that's this week, Tuesday, I will be in Muncie at Beautiful Boutique from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. and then again from 8 to 10 p.m. The address there is 51 Main Street. On Wednesday, September 6th, that is this Wednesday, I will be in Tom's River at Japarel from 12 to 6 p.m. and then from 7 to 9.30 p.m. The address there is 1580 Lakewood Road. On Thursday, September 7th, again this week Thursday, I will be in Flatbush at Dirama from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. and then again from 7 to 9 p.m. The address there is 3121 Quentin Road. And next Tuesday, September 12th, I will be in Queens at Asia Schile from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. The address there is 7262 Main Street. If you cannot make it to one of the pop-ups, know that limited pieces from my collection are always available to shop in person at the address in American Dream Mall, and you can always shop online at impactfashionnyc.com. U.S. shipping and returns there are always free, so I hope you enjoy getting a chance to view the collection, and I also hope you enjoy the show. From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impact show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rifki Itzquiz, and on today's show, I sit down with a good friend and the founder of Defiance Beauty to discuss why she felt the need to change the name of the natural beauty brand she founded. She shares how she found the confidence to come out from behind the camera and be the face of her brand, the importance of thinking of our skin as an opening, and the benefits of natural makeup. Nahami Tannenbaum is the founder of Carmella Cosmetics, which is now Nat Defiance Beauty, and she is among my favorite people to talk to. She's a person I will routinely spend hours on the phone with, just shooting the breeze and discussing life. So with her now taking a major step in rebranding and renaming the natural beauty company she founded, we sat down to unpack what this all means. Hello, Nahami. How are you? Hi, Rifki. I am good. Thanks for having me again. It is my absolute pleasure. You are... I think this is the third time you're on the show, right? Because we did we did the episode with Michelle, and then the the and then I had already recorded a separate episode. I are you my first three Pete? I don't think so. You might not be. I don't remember. Either way, <laughs> hi. How are you? How is your day going? It is going well. It's you know it's even better talking to you now, Rifki. Oh, like a good friend. <laughs> oh shucks. We we have a lot to discuss because a lot of people know you as Nahami from Carmela Cosmetics, and. Carmela Cosmetics has been undergoing lots of transformations behind the scenes, and we have a lot to unpack, honey. Yes, so so talk to give everyone a little bit of background to you know give ever give me like the five second primer on what Carmela Cosmetics is slash was, and then we can talk about all of the really exciting things coming up for you. Okay, awesome, perfect. Um, I'm gonna try to keep it as short as possible. Um, but okay. So Carmela Cosmetics is a, or was a, um, brand focused on giving back a natural high performance brand focused beauty brand focused on giving back to women's health and empowerment. And we had four organizations that we gave back to, and it was a really wonderful opportunity to 
see what was needed to hear feedback from our community, to speak with individuals and to meet wonderful, awesome friends like you, you know, it's been five years since we launched. What happened was is um, over the past five years, obviously there was COVID and during that time we, um, we collaborated with Ipsy, who is one of the biggest beauty box retailers um, in the world, I think actually. Um, and we launched multiple products with them. We got to you know, expand even further out of the Jewish Orthodox community. Um, and, and what happens it was we, we saw, well, you know what? We're gonna say I saw for now because I'm the one who talks to everybody. So I saw that, and I heard from a lot of women who appreciated our giving back component and wanted to talk about other things related to being a woman. So we launched our podcast, We Are Women, and where we talk to women about different issues. But it really started with our four original foundational giving back situations or topics, I guess I would say, which is eating disorders, endometriosis, hair loss, and breast cancer. And we, we, we began, we really evolved into discussing all of these topics on our social media platforms and women would message me and because I'm the one who reads the messages and talk to me about personal stuff that they were going through and how they felt seen and heard. And that was a huge part of our brand. And, and more recently, um, we, we realized that, and this is like a whole team situation, um, that we wanted to take the brand to the next level really, and dig deeper into our brand story. And the best way of doing that was to pretty much ensure do a rebrand. So we had launched with Ipsy, our Defiance eyeshadow palette. Pause. And the best eyeshadow palette I have ever <laughs> owned. This, no, I'm not letting you skate over this. The Defiance eyeshadow palette is a, is what the only exclusively eyeshadow palette that I have ever purchased, by the way. I don't think I ever told you that. Other, like, aside from that, I have, they're all like combination eye and blush because I don't have patience to match things right <laughs> and the and I it I it has I think seven or seven colors in it maybe maybe six whatever it is I use every single one every single one it is the best eyeshadow palette ever but continue yes yeah. you, you so launched actually, the best eyeshadow palette thank you yeah I also just want to say about that that I I'm literally probably the most annoying customer for my labs to work with because <laughs> I, I literally <laughs> um First of all, I'm a makeup artist, so I know what people actually like and need and what works. Um, but I I really make sure it, each product that we launch, I personally make sure that it is the best in that category. So thank you, Rivki, for that, for the feedback on the eyeshadow palette. Like that's literally what I worked for for over a year, going back and forth, back and forth. No, make it creamier, make it more long lasting, make it this, and at the same time being natural. So that's also a huge component of of our brand, Carmela Cosmetics, started with that. We always had that as high-performance naturals for everybody. Um, you wouldn't be able to tell that it's natural, but it's still high-performance, right? So moving on to Defiance, eyeshadow, the Defiance eyeshadow palette. So what happened was is during our meeting, we were trying to figure out how we could um, rebrand in the way that went to the, to the level that we want to get to and reach and make the, the women that we want to reach and make a bigger difference while spreading our messages. And, um, 
so someone, the VP of the, of the, of my of the team that I was working with, she's like, how about you name it defiance beauty? Cause she was, she, she looked down at my eyeshadow palette. Sorry. I forgot to mention that. And she's like, how about defiance? And I was like, oh my gosh, that's such a good idea. That's fantastic. Cause that really encompasses our brand message. Whereas Carmela, the reason why I named it Carmela was because Karim in Hebrew means vineyard and, you know, reminds me of nature and our, our original branding was going to really be focused on the natural high performance aspect of it. And that's still a component of our brand, but we're really digging deep into the defying society's standards of beauty, inclusivity, and diverse so that's why we we moved over to 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 name it defiance beauty i'm I'm curious about something here because like you mentioned carmela had been operating for about five years um it this has been a company that had been kind of steadily growing you had got like i remember when you first got this ipsy deal and we were all so excited about it and and you were starting to see the things that were coming out of that and this is like literally we're talking about a company that started with lipsticks that you mixed in your kitchen like that's yes. literally how this <laughs> got started and all of a sudden you're in ipsy and and it's and it's growing at what point did you recognize that something here isn't working and needs to be changed. Because I think that's such a hard thing, especially for business owners to realize. I've had a couple of different transformations in my business over the years. And and it was always, there's always that point when like you're plucking away at something and you're working so hard and you're doing your best to make it work. And then like something, in my experience at least, like it smacks you over the head like a brick and you're like, oh, this is not, something here needs to change. What was it that made you realize we need to, we need to, change our perspective here we need to adjust if we want to you know get farther yeah that's a great question so there, there are a couple factors here um first of all as the business was growing and as our community on social media was growing and the podcast and everything related to our brand messaging of inclusivity and love and connection and diversity between all women, I realized that that was a really important factor of our brand. You know, it wasn't just like a side point. That was really the foundation of our brand. Whereas Carmela Cosmetics didn't really, unless if you knew what it was, you didn't really know. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like a lot of name, people thought your name was Carmela. Well, yeah, that too. That Yeah, exactly. And I would also, so that's like, it's like I, I guess the two answers go, hand in hand but the Carmela I would constantly get questions like every interview every meeting every whatever people would be like oh so why is your brand name Carmela and I realized that no one not one person understood where that name came from and it was such a ridiculous thing to have a name that people could not relate to or connect to unless if they already were a follower or a fan were using our products do you know what I mean mm-hmm. so that was huge. It was the feedback. Sometimes like you get that feedback and you realize that something has to change. And then when I met with this, this company, my, my new partners in regards to the ones who are helping me um, get to certain, you know, levels that, that only people who could, that basically I couldn't get alone or with, with, with the team that I was working with now. Let's put it like that. Um, we had a very, we, we did an analysis and we figured out that this is the component that's missing really. So I, I think when you realize that 
something isn't working in the way that you want it to work. Like, yes, you could be growing in certain directions and um, growing your business or whatever. But like, if you feel like there's something missing, a lot of it is gut, Rifki. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you just know. Like, you know. So um, something has to change, you know? So um, th- now it's really, I mean, I know people are still getting COVID, but like, it's really post-COVID, let's say, right now. And um, we're going to, and and it's a perfect time to, you know, launch fresh. I mean, the truth is, that we've been working on this for at this point it's been a year because we started wow. work i knew we were going to rebrand in june 2022 wow that was yeah yeah it was crazy and i didn't tell anybody i was like we're just going to like the media team who i was working with i was like my friends are not going to know my i didn't tell my parents like it was really really very like and you know i felt like blessing comes when you keep things quiet everyone i don't need everyone's opinions it's another thing by the way trust your own gut, talk to people who know people always, people will always offer you advice. I mean, they will just offer unsolicited advice all day. It's, and you have to really just learn how to tune out those voices. That's really important. Yeah. I, I definitely hear it. Was it, was it hard to let Carmela go? Yeah. In a way, yeah, for sure. Because it's it's my baby. It's how it started. Like you mentioned, literally, I started by mixing pigments. I, I could picture this right now. My parents had just gotten, they redid their basement. <laughs> and I was mixing pigments. And can you imagine? I was dripping like red lipstick on their new carpet. Uh, <laughs> it was... <laughs> and um, it's still there. Like the stains are still there. Whatever. They're great. But anyway, yeah, I was mixing uh, pigments and melting wax and trying out different formulations with different ingredients that I knew were safe for, for, um, for lipsticks. And it was just, we started, I started there. I have to dig up pictures from that. Cause I, I remember my mom coming in once and she was like, we need to take pictures. Like one day you're going to want to look back. And like, now is that day that I want to look back. <laughs> Your mom also has that. My mom has a closet in the basement of like terrible things that I've made. Basically just really, really ugly clothes. And she says, she's like, I'm keeping this because you should always remember where you came from. And like every right. now and then it happens very rarely. Now I'll have a sample that just goes terribly wrong. And she goes, it's for the closet in the basement. That one's mine. <laughs> I'm keeping it. And, uh, I love uh, that. I'll- yeah, I mean, that is a walk down memory lane, that closet. Right. For sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Our, our moms would get along really well. We have to make that they, happen. They but... really would, by the way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. We, it's just the problem is just that they live so far away from each other. Just it's several states that we need to to cross. Yeah, but yes, yeah. they would they would get along very well. Totally. They would. You yeah, mentioned it was hard. Yeah, I'm I'm sure there's no way that it there's no way that it couldn't be like I'm trying to imagine now if I changed. I don't think I will go on record as saying that I don't think that Impact Fashion is a particularly great name. Um, but and but when I started the company, I didn't need a particularly great name because I was wholesale only and nobody cared. They just cared about the clothes. And I just needed like a name to put on the label. So like one afternoon, I just like I did a texting thread with my parents, with my mom, my sister and my cousin. And I was like, OK, people name the company. And at one point, someone thought of impact. I don't even remember if it was me. And then later that night, my mom was like, you know, if you call it impact, nobody's going to know what you do. You should call it impact fashion so that people know it's close. And I was like, you know what? That kind of makes sense. And it was born. Like, that was literally the amount of <laughs> no. thought that went into it. But I feel like now it's taken on a meaning that, like, the thought of changing the name now is, which is why, like, there's a part of me that almost feels like the names itself sometimes doesn't even matter because it's what the 
like people come to associate the brand with, which is also, this is exactly the opposite of what you're doing now. But I feel like the fact that you're, you're changing the name to match what you're doing so closely, it's very cool. This yeah, is a very I, long way of saying. I just want to say that I I, I disagree. I respectfully, I cannot disagree with what you're saying because I think Impact Fashion is a fantastic name. I mean, you're making an impact. That's literally it. Also encompasses it's the what fashion your brand part is about. that I, it's the fashion part that feels a little like fifth grade to me. But like, really? but but yeah, I don't know. But it's <laughs> I, I'm not changing it. It's not going anywhere, and I love it now because of what it means to so many people, which is why yeah. like the idea of letting it go. I can't like, and Carmela Cosmetics means something to so many people and so transitioning it away that's like that's a big that's yeah, a big job I know no it definitely is but it's like so important to well a couple of things I have to say like so first of all listen to people who know more than you mm-hmm. you know within your industries and it's really hard as business owners especially when you have certain expertise like my expertise lies in marketing and business like I literally have an MBA in marketing from like mm-hmm. university like you know what I mean and I'm saying that because I had to like take away my ego and be like he's right like you know talk to my team talk to this new team discuss things and realize like sometimes it's really important to just listen to people who have a lot more experience than you and of course it has to resonate with you and of course you can't you know ignore the your own you know gut feeling but it's really important to to try to combine the two so he was said to me he was like how does that feel to you and I was like you know what it feels really good so at the end of the day yeah Carmela Cosmetics is my baby but like defiance beauty to me sounds so much more compelling and richer you know what I mean right yeah, I, so, I do hear it. I hear it. And the way that you phrase it, like, again, like, I know all the background with the carom and everything. So like, I attach that meaning. But if you you don't need to, you don't need to like put a footnote on Defiance Beauty. I know exactly what it's about. Exactly, exactly. And it's a fantastic like, name. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, um, and it's funny, because we couldn't, we have to trademark it Defiance Beauty by Nakami. Mm. So that was also another thing because my name wasn't in Carmela at all. Besides for, well, it became part of it. Like I think people started realizing, uh, you know, associating Nakami with Carmela, like random, like dating events, people come over to me and be like, are, are you Nakami from like the makeup? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, I am. Thank you. Not the time for this. <laughs> right. Let's not, let's, let's move on. But yes. <laughs> but yes, yes. Um, so yeah, how do you, hard, sorry, how do you feel about how do you feel about your name being on it? This is like this is the first time that it's like by Nahami. This is some like it, it is something that you've created. Yeah, so I I feel very it's a combination of nerves and also being proud of it. You know what I mean? Because this is also another baby. Almost, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Any no, business owner knows like so um yeah, I mean it's definitely it's it's exciting. You know, it's, I mean, also, I don't know if you remember when I did this transition, but <clears throat> excuse me, even on social, when I used to not sign my name. Right. And one day, I don't remember when, cause it was, it was still pretty much in the beginning. Um, I started signing my name and then, so it kind of was also an evolution of the brand, just putting myself, oh, we talked about that for a second, because I mean, when I first started, I was not planning on being even did we ever discuss this about being the face of the brand at all like not even this was around when we met we met around when you were starting 
to like play around with the fact that you might like become more in front of the camera. And I think that part of the reason why we started talking about this is because I have always been in front of the camera for impact. And so like we we were kind of picking each other's brains on that. And and you were really hesitant to do it. Like re I don't think people realize how much you did not want to do it. Right. What, what was that thought process there? <laughs> okay. So um what happened was is I at first I was only posting models. Right. Um I just, you know, we have to also realize we're going back five years, right? This personal branding thing was only, it only really, you know, took off a couple of years ago, I would say, you know? Um, this is like around so, when it was taking off. Yeah, yeah. But we still didn't know enough about this concept. It wasn't so much of a thing. It was more of like the bloggers would obviously put their face and the influence. Well, they were bloggers at the time. Um mm -hmm whatever we'll always do, the influencer thing but we'll skate over that yeah 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 we'll skate over that. <laughs> <laughs> but um anyway so I remember I was posting you know just just models and we were we were doing fine with that um and Instagram algorithm was still good at the time you know and one day I was talking to a friend of mine and she's like someone who was totally not on social not in marketing whatever and she's like you what you post yourself like post pictures of yourself wearing your stuff I was like, really? I don't know. Like, I, I don't have to take pictures. I literally didn't. Like, if I go back to those pictures, okay, they're horrible. Like, they're the not as bad as you down. think they are. Stop <laughs> I, it. They're okay. not as good as the ones uh, you take now, but they're not as terrible as you think they are. <laughs> uh, we can let the public decide. I'll do a poll. But um, <laughs> anyway, so what happened was is I remember, okay, repeat, the anxiety. Like, the anxiety that I got before I posted that, the front first picture. And even before... I posted for probably for like a year. I'm not even exaggerating. Probably it, I think it took me about a year till I stopped getting anxious before I posted or right after I posted. Um, my same thing with stories. I, it was even worse. I had to record my stories so many times because I was so um, insecure about how I came across and how I sounded, how I looked. I mean, let me tell you, I mean, I don't have to tell you, but I guess the, whoever's listening, you do not, there is a not, another level of of seeing yourself, of insecurity when you're watching yourself on camera talking and listening to your own voice and seeing how you sound. I mean, anyone who's in this business of, I'll just, I'll use the word, let's say ha, has an in, has a has an Instagram community. We'll say that um, knows and 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 with, with their face um, understands like uh, the level of of. I guess it's like a vulnerability in a way of, of speaking to thousands of people, having everybody see your face and the way you talk and you start seeing the way that you talk. And like, I know now when I'm talking to my friends in a conversation, like I know exactly what I look like because right. I do that on camera. You know what I mean? Right. Most people right. don't realize that they don't know what they look like. We do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We spend a, we spend a ridiculous amount of time looking at our own faces, which Pete, which humans are not supposed to do. Right, right. Yeah, it just like, it messes with your weird. head. Totally, totally. So, and I, and that even like once I got past the nerves, then it was then I, I had to sound more natural, and that was harder. I remember talking to a friend and who's also in the Instagram community, and she, uh, and she said to me, you know, just pretend you're talking to to a friend who you're comfortable with, and I started doing that, and it got easier. Now, of course, years later, I'm fine, but it took me so much time. And if you want to get deep about it for a second, 
I'll just recommend people listen to your podcast. The first one that I was in with the FBI and me, we called it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you called it. Sorry, not we. You, it was your creation. Um, but <laughs> Doesn't matter but, who, uh, who named it. I'll link it in the show notes either way. <laughs> right. So that was, I think part of it came from, um, you know, being a business owner, you really end up. If you're doing it right, you really, it's, it's, it's a lot of self-work and reflection and seeing like where you need to improve because it, it's, it's all the domino effects, you know, it's a holistic right. experience. So you learn things about yourself that you might not have realized had you not had that business, especially when you're putting yourself out there in the way that we are. So um, part of it was, I think that for me, it was very scary for me to not be able to control not as a child, I wasn't able to control who was looking into my life because what happened with my dad, the whole story with how he was falsely accused of being a spy for Israel when I was five. And then we had literally paparazzi outside our house, like running after us with the cameras flashing, which is an image that I'll never be able to get out of my head. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that for me, it, it kind of went back to that, that root, you know, situation where I, I just couldn't control, um, like my boundaries were so violated as a, as a kid with publicity that as an adult, when I actually had the option, it would give me so much anxiety. You know what I mean? So I had to like work through that. Whereas now I'm fine, but I also have, um, different, I, I still am very private for the most on social, I would say just, but I, but I'm fine. Like being on camera and stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. I would definitely say that, you know, it's, it's funny how it's, listen, at the end of the day, just editing video of yourself or especially like, especially with podcasts. And I know you have the, we are women podcast. If you are editing like 45 minute length podcast episodes again and again and again, every week, you're just going to learn weird things about the way that you talk. And I, and I know for a fact that the way that I conduct conversations in my real life has changed since I've had the podcast. It's like actually 100%. Like what Um, way? Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll I'll tell you one way. The I used to interrupt people a lot. And it was actually something that really drove my husband nuts. Like the first year that we were married, like, cause sometimes, you know how sometimes when like someone's talking slow and you just wanna like get to the end of the conversation, like like, like you think <laughs> yes. that you know what they're gonna say, so you just wanna like get them to say it so that you could like move on to the next thing. I don't have like patience in my life for slow talkers. Um my husband is not a slow talker just for the record. But sometimes if I like knew, if I felt like I knew what he was going to say, then I would interrupt him and say like, what are like, you know, whatever I thought. And sometimes I was right. Sometimes I wasn't. And I was all of the times I was annoying. And the, which like, of course it's annoying to get interrupted all the time. That's I, it would annoy me also. And there's a funny quirk about the way that I record the podcast episodes. And you know this because you use Zoom also. If two people are talking at the same time on Zoom, Zoom records nothing. You literally cannot interrupt the other person on a Zoom if you're recording it because they because then it like it fritzes out. It doesn't know what it's doing. It's gotten a little bit better at this recently. But especially when I first started recording with Zoom three years ago, um, it did not know what it was doing when two people were talking. So and I realized this as I started editing my first episodes that I was interrupting my guests and then I was losing bits of the conversation Mm. because it wasn't recording anything. So I would so I I really trained myself to not do it 
really, I mean, I wish I could say because my husband said it was annoying and therefore I modified my behavior 100%. It was because right. of the podcast. Um, but, and that has also carried over into my real life where I just don't do it anymore. Like I'm, I'm a much better listener overall. And like, I don't know, I would like to think I was a pretty good listener before, but I'm definitely a much, much, much better listener now because there's no way to do a show like this without, without having that, you know, without having that without listening, without paying attention to what people are trying to tell you. For sure. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. So fun, fun little tidbit. You've mentioned, I want to, I want to circle back to this high performance natural for a second. When people say natural, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't, I don't, what goes, like, I don't know what's in a lipstick. What should I be scared of? Like people are talking about like getting plastic out of your kitchen. I don't think there's a universe where I'm doing that, but like, how terrible is this really? Talk to me about like, what is a natural ingredient and why should I care? So I'm going to touch on the ingredients that you don't want. I think that's a little bit easier. Okay. Uh, that's okay. So, um, basically there are, and I'm not a chemist, so I'm just going to talk on a regular person to regular person kind of, uh, you know, language situation. So there are different ingredients and I'm sure some of them you've heard of like parabens or petrochemicals. Those ingredients are different types of preservatives, which obviously preserve the makeup. Now we live in the 21st century. There's no reason why you have to have certain preservatives or different, um, or, or different ingredients that, that have potential to be toxic and harmful. And, and ingredients like parabens, petrochemicals, triclosan, talc, those have been proven to correlate with different serious conditions, including different cancers and kidney diseases and whatever. So now when we say proven to correlate with, there, we, don't, we haven't at this point found the cause and effect yet. Um, but correlation is pretty high and studies have shown that people years later, when they use a lot of uh, products that contain these harmful ingredients, and there are more, I just didn't memorize them all, but um, those, those are definitely ingredients that you want to try to stay away from if you can, right? Because why would you take the risk if you could use ingredients? Uh, products that don't have these ingredients. So we have a list of chemicals, which are like the main ones, the main ingredients that, that we leave out. So obviously that includes, so it's petrochemicals, parabens, triclosan, talc. Uh, we don't use GMOs. And um, it's actually interesting because it's really about the GMOs themselves. It's really about the, the pesticides that they use. It's a whole long thing I won't get into now, but there's, there are many different reasons why we leave, why we've chosen those particular ingredients to leave out. Um, because, well, mainly because of, of the correlation where, you know, with, with serious stuff. Um, and, and then also we have other things like gluten because we, people are so sensitive to gluten these days and believe it or not, someone who has serious celiac disease, they will react to a product that has gluten in it. Even, like even if it. it's, even if it's like a blush, let's say like they're not ingesting it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about the blush, but I know lipstick for sure. Because well, someone, came, yeah, someone came over to me and told me, actually, I think she did mention all, all ingredients because think about it this way. It's going into your bloodstream and that's huge. You know what I mean? So right. whatever is going into your face, your skin is also an opening. We don't think of it like that, but that's what your pores are, right? So it absorbs everything. Right. Um, so 
we so yeah i mean that and and so the natural aspect was a huge component of the brand because it meant a lot to me on a personal level because my mom going to your childhood right my mom had a big impact on 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 my um and the way that I live my life, my lifestyle, particularly the, the natural lifestyle. She was a Whole Foods mom before it was cool, like literally. Um, we're talking, you know, 25 years ago. Can you explain to people what not that is? Not a thing. Yeah, like she would send us to school with whole wheat bread. And it was not whole wheat bread that they, that they make now. Let me just tell you, okay? It was literally, <laughs> I'm not going to use, it was like dense and it had like weird seeds in it. Like it was just not so great um tasting let's be like that um so i was that kid i was like trading cucumbers for cookies you know what i mean like all right. my <laughs> so but i really really appreciate that because i realized how blessed i was and my mom cared about our health and i mean don't get me wrong i think a little sugar won't hurt anyone and, and she did give us those things so you know it's a whole nother you had a predisposition to think about yeah. these things exactly exactly um so so once i so when I was in makeup school, I realized that there was a real need for, for high-end natural cosmetics in the market. And that would be affordable, not just for like the whole foods types of people, the white woman uh, stereotype, you know, the rich white woman stereotype. Um, and that would be very attainable for anybody. And that's kind of, it goes along with their whole diversity aspect. And I also don't want you, want you to be able to tell that it's natural based on the way it performed. So meaning the way it felt, the colors that we have, the way it lasted, you know, that's a huge part of the brand. And that's why we've worked so hard and every formula takes a while to work on because we have to make sure that it really um, adheres to all these criteria. Right. Like I am someone personally who doesn't care about this stuff when it comes to like the natural, the chemicals, all that kind of thing. Uh, we've survived until now. We'll be fine afterwards. That's my <laughs> like I, I only have so much brain space uh, that I there's only so much energy that I can give to this stuff. And this is not where I'm where I'm putting it. So to me personally, when I use your when I use your stuff, it's not at all about like, great, it doesn't have the bad things in it, which I guess in hindsight is actually fantastic because I basically only wear your stuff but the like the <laughs> what you are protecting me but the um like I, I don't think about it like I just like that it's a good product and that it works well and that it you know it looks great on my face and and does what it needs to do and the fact like the way that like the fact that it's natural is almost like for me it's an, it's an afterthought it's like a oh by the way this also doesn't have bad chemicals and I'm like cool great which is right. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's insulting, but that's no, it's yeah. not. It's it's great because that's I also want to appeal to to people who just want a really fantastic product. And the truth is, though, Rafi, like if people who are nursing are pregnant, that's they you know they worry about so many things, right? And some and that's something they should be worrying about. Like I have people messaging me like, oh yeah, I'm pregnant. I'm trying to stick to natural products. I'm so excited to use your stuff, or I love your stuff. You know, right. So yeah, all, all of that, all of, all of that makes sense. And then also, like you mentioned, so much of what you've been doing with Carmela Cosmetics and now with Defiance Beauty is all about, you know, pushing against society's beauty standards. And I'm curious if you have ever, what have your experiences been with societal beauty standards? So there's a lot that, that, you know, that's included in, in society's beauty standards, right? And it changes really by the, sometimes the year, there's something trending, the beauty, you know, different beauty standards. And the thing is, is that I 
I have also felt different pressures um, within these beauty society standards. Um, and I'll give you an example, okay? So I have a very big smile. And it's funny because I, <laughs> that was such a weird way of putting it, whatever. I have, I have, a, I have a big smile and like my gums show when I smile, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've always been self-conscious about that um, because it's, in case you haven't noticed, when you see like models and, and different uh, celebrities, whatever, they don't have that because usually what they'll do is they get Botox or they get um, fillers, whatever, to kind of like cover up the gum, the gummy smile. And it's interesting because I, before COVID, so there was someone on Instagram who's wonderful, the sweetest person. And she, um, she of course did not mean to, be offensive and she wasn't offensive at all but she asked me if i could if i'd be interested in coming in for um like to do a collaboration and to get like that cover up and i was like i was like you know what why not like let me just try it out and see what it's like and i got it done and she did a fantastic job um but i and that was as I said, right before COVID. So I was just like literally in my house for months pretty much. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, like, I don't look like myself. This is, this is just, I mean, it looks good. And, but like, you know, that tight look here, like that you have that when people get mm-hmm. Botox on their upper lip, it, it kind of like tightens. I couldn't smile hundred percent. Like it just, it was weird to me. And I think I learned from that experience that, and then I was, I was getting comments from followers. I spoke about it. I had to, I had to talk about it. I was very honest in my feedback. I said, you did a great job, but, and, and it's important to embrace your, your, your natural beauty. But like, if you feel of course that you want to do something, it's all, no one should have the right to tell you what to do and not to do. Like it's very, it's an individual experience. And I still believe that. But for myself, I realized that sometimes it's really important to just accept and try to, appreciate different features or different aspects of yourself that you may not have loved um because it could also be beautiful you know what I mean doesn't mm-hmm. matter what society tells us like who decided that smiles that show some more of your gums are not so pretty you know like it happens to be Ripke and I'm just saying this because we're talking about, like I get a comment I get so many compliments on my smile like all the time from men from women and it's so funny because I still have to remind, like when I get that, the compliments, I'll be like, wait, really? And then I'm like, wait, it's everyone. We, we all have our own opinions. Beauty's in the eyes of the beholder. Like there are so many different components to beauty and it's about the way you carry yourself and confidence, you know? So for me, I mean, there are other, and sometimes I'll look in the mirror, I'll be like, oh, I really want almond eyes. Like, I really want that. And then I'm like, hold on. Why are almond eyes the beauty standard? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. okay, I get it. Like when I teach, when I do the tutorials or when I teach people how to do their makeup, then I, of course, I'm going to teach you how to do it in the way that um, like the makeup quote unquote, like rules or whatever, which is basically trying to make yourself have more almond eyes, but it's more of a lifted idea. But um, at the end of the day though, like go- going to get the surgeries and the, you know, multiple injections and whatever, like do it if you're going to do it, do it because you really want it. And, but first try to like, have, basically, if you don't have confidence in yourself, if you don't appreciate the way that you, you look as a whole, 
as an, you know, um, as your unique individual, then nothing's ever going to change. You get all the Botox and all the fillers in the world and you're still not going to feel pretty. You know what I mean? So it really has right. to come from, as cliche as it sounds, it really has to come from the inside. It really does. And also keep in mind that some of the most beautiful people don't have um, society standards of beauty features, you know, but as a whole, everything together creates this beautiful, I was going to say canvas, but like a beautiful, no, you're being, right. Beautiful face, beautiful body, you know? Right. Like so it's, so I think that, that also it comes to when, when certain people have like a, a certain uniqueness, like when you think about someone like Brooke Shields, where like eyebrows were not a thing until Brooke Shields was a thing. And then that became a look that everyone was striving to. And then like, and then a new person comes up and then, you know, everyone wants to look like Amanda Seyfried and then everyone wants to look like a Kardashian, yeah. like, and then it just, it changes as, as those types of things evolve. I'm curious if you ever feel a conflict, I guess, between makeup and beauty and, and by beauty there, I mean like the beauty space, the aesthetic space and this idea of going against society's beauty standards, because a lot of people would say, or at least I think, I think some people would think if we're, if we're defying society's beauty standards, then why should we be wearing makeup at all? We should just, you know, this is just our face. Like we should just go out like that. How do, do you, do you ever think about that? Do you ever feel that kind of tension? No, I've never felt that kind of tension because the messaging of defying society's beauty standards is doing what makes you feel beautiful and not fitting into that box of exactly what society determines is beautiful at the time. So women, and you know, I find that many, most women do appreciate makeup to an extent, you know what I mean? So it doesn't have to be a full face or the Kardashian look or whatever, but they appreciate being, uh, having makeup that reflects them first of all because let's say let's say for example light skin is in right so why mm -hmm. is that so we're saying no you can be dark skinned you could you know be different ethnicities or whatever and still be beautiful just because you're not that light skin uh look you know or even the opposite let's say dark skin is in right and your light or let's say big lips are in right and you have small lips why should you feel that you're not beautiful and many women do feel total, like they, they feel like they have to get their fillers they have to make their lips look bigger or else they don't look beautiful but so so our so my point my whole defiance brand is about feeling beautiful in your own skin and being able to do what you want with the makeup to make you feel more confident and empowered, but not take, not, not in regards to beauty. You know what I'm saying? Cause like you mm -hmm. could be beautiful with no makeup. You could be beautiful with a lot of makeup, but it's about feeling confident and doing what makes you feel beautiful and unique. Um, I will say though that, and I'm not sure if this, really fits with what you asked me, but I, I think that it does in a way, but basically, you know, it's important for this in regard for this to work. And this, this is, um, this goes for not only my brand, but someone like your brand or any brand that's, that's, that's inclusive and celebrating diversity is that we, it's only going to, we service our customers and community but we need 
to receive that love back, right? In other words, if you see someone posted on social and she is not the society, society's definition of beauty, whatever that is at that moment, and you engage, that, that gives more credence to this idea of celebrating diversity and beauty. And or else what ends up happening is if, if the beauty, if, if beauty brands and fashion brands see that you're only engaging with people who are society standards of beauty, then we have to service those people. And I'm, I'm sorry, we, that's who we have to post and that's who we have to keep showing. Right. So it kind of, we right. work hand in hand and I'm not saying to you like, Oh, please like our stuff and engage. And although that would be amazing and that is amazing and I appreciate it. And I'm sure you do too, Rifki, but at the end of the day, we need your help to expand and make a difference and impact the world to celebrate this this idea of, of beauty at every size for you, beauty at every skin color, ethnicity, age, whatever. You know what I mean? So that's a really important thing um, just to, to remember. I went off of... Yeah, it's, it's a chicken and egg type, yeah. type problem because at the end of the day, you need to see interest in a, if if you want to see a different beauty standard that then when a different beauty standard is placed in front of you you kind of need to be overly enthusiastic about it even if it's not perfect even if you don't 100% align with everything that person's saying if you appreciate the fact that you're seeing a plus size model or that you're seeing someone with a different skin color or that you're seeing someone visibly jewish or that you're seeing you know any of these things that hop up yeah. then you kind then you like to a certain extent, you need to be a little bit more forgiving and a little bit more, like you said, of a cheerleader to show all types of brands that this is the direction that they need to be moving in. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I remember at one point, this is years ago, someone said to me, uh, she's like, why you, you post such beautiful models, you know, or beautiful people on your feed? Why can't you post more attainable looks? And I said to her, you know, I've tried, I've tried doing that. And I've tried posting the everyday beautiful girl next door, you know, uh, customer or whatever. And people don't engage in the same way. So if you want to see people like you, then you have to help us out over here. You know what I mean? Right. Right. You need to, you, yeah, exa exactly, exactly what you're saying. It needs, at the end of the day, you do need to see like we are running businesses, there is a level of like, you you need to get the likes and the comments for people to be able to see your stuff and people need to see your stuff in order to buy your things. And you, in order for you to have a company, people need to buy your things. Like that's just the way that it works. So it's, yeah, but, but I hear how it can be tricky, you know, just kind of, it's, it's a chicken and egg situation. It's a chicken and egg situation. And it's one of those things that like, the more you keep doing it, the more people keep seeing it yeah yeah it's exactly yeah i just also i, I just want to say about what you asked me a few minutes ago about the um beauty standard thing i also want to just elaborate a little bit which is that i think it's important for people to know that and i know you hear this all the time but it's everybody has insecurities and i, I really have yet to meet a woman the most beautiful women in the world you know some of them i I've spoken to, I, you know, and I, well, I shouldn't say the world, but whatever. Some of those beautiful women 
everybody has insecurities. It doesn't matter who you are. Like literally I could, if I posted some of these women, people would be like, what? Like, this is like a prettier version of like Kim Kardashian or whatever. Like I literally have people in my life who, because of this, the beauty industry. And I'm just like, how are you insecure about X, Y, and Z? But we all have that. You know what I mean? Like, even if you think someone feels completely secure about the way they look and feels beautiful, like, no, it's not. Everyone has something. And if you don't have something, you have those days. You know, I have days that I feel like, oh my gosh, I just cannot go in front of the camera. Um, or I look in the mirror and I'm like, I really wish I could change X, Y, and Z. But at the end of the day, like, it's important to just, like I said before, really work on loving and appreciating what you have and and that inner inside out confidence. I could not agree more. What is next for Defiance Beauty? It is going to be a very exciting um, next few months. We are launching. So we we launched with a few shades of our new product, which is a um, lips. It's, it's a lipstick. It's a lip and blush combo, actually. Um, super. It's almost like a lip balm. Like it feels so good. It's literally and it moisturizes you. Like you, you could you could apply it on dry lips, and um, it has a shimmer. It has uh, like a glossy effect, um, and it also plumps your lips. It has collagen peptides. It has hyaluronic acid, all these really great things, SPF protection, uh, sun repair damage protection, like all these things that are really awesome. And then as it fades, as the moisture fades, it will leave you with a stain. So we have five beautiful shades launching um, that formula. And then it's just the way that these things work in regards to timing. But right after, we're gonna, in September, we're launching with Ipsy, another product. It's a liquid lip, but it dries so I'm not sure if you know that like look uh this it's it's kind of like a, a moisture basically the matte lipsticks um is kind of we're, we're trending to we're shifting towards more of the glossy now in, in the world that's saying in the beauty industry mm-hmm. um so it's 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 not it doesn't dry like a matte liquid lip it's more of just a light um by the way if you're gonna love these shades they're so they're they're so your type um but um, so two shades that are just going to kind of give you that like extra moisture and um, beautify your lips, super lightweight. Um, and that is going to be launched like probably when this launches, to be honest. So we're going to have like two new products. And then for if in a few months, we are going to, I think it's Q2 maybe. Um, so I think that's like April-ish. I'm totally making this up. It could be earlier, but if you follow us, you will be updated. Um we're going to have liquid eyeliner launch and that is what we're working on now. And by the way, speaking of which I, um, I just put out a poll to ask which tip my followers want. Um, and people voted and I, I listened, by the way, I chose the one that most people, the one that you voted for everybody. It's, it's a little bit thinner. Yeah. And I think that because the hardest thing with a liquid liner, especially, is to get a really thin line. I always appreciate a really, really thin tip. And I'm glad that you went with that one. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's funny because then I said I, I did a poll. And then the next story I did was if you if you voted, please let me know like why you chose that one, because it made me understand more so I could really help. Mm-hmm. And the all the people submitted answers and there were a lot of them. 
they all chose the same one. So it means that they were all passionate about that option. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. And they oh. all gave similar answers to you, like, you know, thinner, easier to control, et cetera. So, um, so yeah, so when I asked these questions and I asked about the colors that you want to see in the formulas, I literally screenshot answers and I save them. And if, and, and, and you'll see very often, I will launch those products and those shades that you ask for. And I cannot wait to see them. If somebody wants to uh, see Defiance Beauty, try out some products, where are we going? Right, so it's defiancebeauty.com. And then Instagram and TikTok is at Defiance Beauty, B-N. Like find a hummy. And the reason, by the way, I would, yeah, because Divine's Beauty, I don't know why it wasn't available, even though there was like no account like that, but whatever. Um, Yeah. So that is where you could, oh, and then are we, we are women podcast to follow along the our journey there. And I'm, all of that is going to be linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on today, Nahami. You know how we have to end it off. What does it mean to you to make an impact? Yes. um, Okay. I'm curious to know if I'm, if I'm going to say the same answer as last time. I don't remember what I said, but um. To me, making an impact is really making a difference in the world, leaving um, leaving women feeling more confident, more beautiful, and connected to each other, uh, because that's really our whole brand messaging. You know, it's about, I was going to use the word impact, but like literally making that impact, you know, having women feel more connected, regardless of where, of their age, where they've come from, their ethnicity, their religion. Um, so when I could, when I have women, you know, see see each other on 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 a soul level in a way, you know, in a sense, um, mm-hmm. that for me is is making an impact. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on today, Nahami. I really appreciate Thanks for having it. me, Rufki. It was fun. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Nahami and Defiance Beauty, the links are all in the show notes. On last week's episode, I went solo to discuss my newest design, the pleat dress. Listen to it wherever you're hearing this one. The Be Impactful podcast is a project of Impact Fashion, the clothing line I created because I believe that we are all deserving of the beautiful things life has to offer. See my modest designs that are available in sizes 2 through 28 by going to impactfashionnyc.com. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art. There are currently 19 people listed by Ora Agunot as a recalcitrant party. View their names, photos, locations, and details of their cases by visiting getora.org slash recalcitrant-parties. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses, original music composed by Nissan Fetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifki Eskwitz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook and on TikTok and all the socials at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's to making an impact together.